Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Value Guys Stock Talk Show with the Value Guys. I'm Val Hughes. And I'm Momentum. And we are 31-year Wall Street veterans who have had to take on secret identities and go underground in order to provide you with a handful of great value ideas each week that come out of the screens we do here in the shop. You've seen our faces on TV, you've seen us quoted in the news, but our bosses would never allow our unfiltered views on the air, so we've disguised our voices and they'll never know. This week, it's the week of June 5th, 2012, and I know that starts on a Tuesday, but that's just what we're doing. And we've done a very special screen this week uh, uh, by request of a listener, uh, Kevin uh, and I won't say your last name, send in the idea that since we're doing some screens, why not do a magic screen? So we're doing that this week. But before we get into that, a couple of important caveats. First, this show's for entertainment purposes only. It's not a guarantee. Secondly, uh, this is after hours, just a hobby for Mo and I. So while we are professional analysts during the week, doing extensive fundamental research, talking to management teams, their competitors, uh, we leave no stone unturned during the week. Here we've done absolutely none of that. Third, our lawyers tell us that we should remind you that we do not have your best interests in mind, and we may be recommending, accidentally, I assure you, uh, that you do the opposite of what we recommend, um, or something like that. So do your own work. And finally, we have, uh, we've been uh, drinking a little bit here on the show, so it's I don't know. An, it's a, how appropriate. Yeah. Alias. Yeah, we do have a Cabernet. nice one. <clears throat> I may just put a picture of this up on the Website. on the site because I've never seen Alias, this. how perfect for yeah. our aliases. So uh, with that, uh, we've got a couple more important caveats at www.thevalueguys.com where you'll also see links to past shows. There's five years of shows indexed by ticker. Uh, there's a best ideas list that I update every so often, you know. And then uh, I recently put some interesting data on there. So there's some historical uh, U.S. statistics back to Prehistoric times, I think you put a tablet or two up there. We've got to, ours, yep, yep. And a couple of other goodies there. So www.thevalueguys.com. Now, for you that uh, you listeners that are new to the show, <coughs> you might want to just turn it off now, save yourself the trouble. But if you're still listening in, uh, Mo and I like to give three good value ideas each week. So that's what you're going to get. And they might not all be good, but we do our best. And then lately, due to listener requests, we've got some really uh, interesting segments to the show uh, as well. Paging through national economic trends, which recently the president called. He really enjoys listening to that. Right. Evidently, that's where he gets his economic news, so mm -hmm. I'm happy to provide that. And then, uh, what, this week we've got... Uh, We're doing a segment entirely in Italian. And that's toward the end of the show. Right. So it's a... Uh, Stay tuned for that. Yeah. Me amore. Yeah. Right. So, uh, so uh, and also, and Mo doesn't know this, so I'm just announcing it here for the first time. Uh, we're starting a new segment right now, and Mo is in charge of it. <laughs> and it's called Value Guy Current Events. So, yeah, you got, uh, well, there were, there was, it's, I can do that. I yeah. don't know. Can you do it? A lot of, um, lot of news. Did yeah. you see today? Goldman Sachs, Goldman Sachs in the news. Were they? They're letting 500 bankers and managing directors go. This go week. where? On vacation? Go away. This week they're gone. Okay. And, wow. Uh, Ouch. They're calling it the post-faceplant era. <laughs> post-faceplant. Plant. 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 After a 30% decline in Facebook, now named Faceplant, 
face plant. <laughs> the uh, IPO market's frozen. So they're letting bankers go. Now, here's, here's, yeah. here's the math. Where are they this going? This is what's great. They're just being fired. Oh. Goldman says it's going to add $0.03 cents a share to EPS. So you work backwards based on the shares outstanding. These guys were making $15 million each. Really? Really. That's... That's got to be top 1%, That's, right? I don't know. Well, no, not top 1%, top but it's up there. Top, top quarter 1%. Probably top 10%. <laughs> top 10%. At least. At least. Yeah. At least. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so that Wow, do you know any of these guys? No. I mean, but, uh, are they gonna, sad or happy? We should happy? start pitching them with the uh, wealth management part of the business. <laughs> well, we do, have, uh, we do have some important brochures maybe we can send them about. It's got, like, the value guys URL on it. Yep. Our okay. last couple show links. I mean, yep. they're going to have a lot of time on their hands. That's so, crazy. Uh, yep, we should do that. What else? Well, thank you, uh, Facebook. Gold, 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 gold. Gold. No. Mm-hmm. You're really taking this segment by the I'm telling you by something. the balls here a little bit. Something's up with gold. Really? Yeah. Okay. What? Well, last it's week. down a lot, I know. Well, I think it's ready to take off. Last week, I go in. Yeah. I get my teeth cleaned. Yeah. My dentist comes in. You know what He's selling do- you gold. He's peddling you gold. You know what they're doing? No, I do not. This is all news to me. They will take out the gold fillings in every one of the teeth where I have a gold filling, and they will replace it with the titanium impregnated porcelain state-of-the-art tooth, which is implanted. It'll last for the rest of your life. They will do that just if I give them the gold in my teeth. Give them the gold in your teeth. And they'll You're not going to do that, They'll do the mom? work for free. Really? Are you so, going to do that? So what, how can we win on that? Is well, that a, what does that you tell you about? Stock? You think maybe gold is, is going to go up. And, I'm thinking uh, Patterson Dental, PDCO. That's what comes to mind. Maybe, but I think you just go right for the gold. My wife wants to strip the gold leaf off of the paintings in no the living way. room. She says that we can melt it down. Watercolor it in? Redecorate the house. Something's up here. I noticed. That seems bubbly, And don't I noticed you think? that parking lot attendant yeah. eyeing those gold-plated hubcaps of yours on your yeah. Lexus. Yeah, no, so, that's not my car. These are the kind of these car. are the global sort of, you know, indicators that we use when you want to see a move in a commodity. You know something. You, add, up. you go to the dentist so, and see what happens. Well, so that's, that's my prediction. Gold's going to okay. go up. All right. Well, stocks. Uh, let's get to the stocks then. Right, Mo. Let's that's get what, right into it. You know, this the, week we did uh, a thing called a magic screen. Now, here's the thing. This is surprising to me. I've been in the business a long time. We do some screens. We do, you know. And, and one of the things you think about when you're buying anything is, what am I getting and how much am I paying, right? Supermarket, department store, airport, it's always, what am I getting, what am I paying? Okay, right. so I've always thought in terms of what am I getting as the return, the return I'm getting. What distinguishes companies, bottom line? The return, the return on the money you invested, capital, return on capital. And what am I paying? My currency is a PE, right. or a multiple on, on earnings and something, okay? Well, <clears throat> I've been doing this my whole career. You do different things. You can measure ROE, ROA, a lot of ways to measure returns on capital. But evidently, a guy wrote a book, and he called this the magic screen. And so uh, evidently on FactSet now, it's just a button. So, you know, when I got in the business, doing this was a, someone's job. I right. mean, you want to know why there are fewer people on Wall Street. This whole screen, this used to take one guy a week. And so that was an entry-level analyst position, you know. Now it's a button. So it's called the uh, magic screen. It basically measures, and this is a little bit of a, 
if you want to fast forward through this, I'm just going to explain this a little bit for people that have an interest in how value screens work, because this is a, a pretty basic screen and a good one, and, uh, and there's no tricks going on here. You don't have to be that smart in finance to understand this. You take your earnings before interest and taxes, so that's the earnings that are earned by the business. You don't want to subtract taxes and interest against measuring how good the business is because that's a function of what the government's taxing you and what your interest rate is if you have one on the capital. So this is before all that. And then there's something called enterprise value, which we talk about here on the show every day. It's how much would we all have to pay to own the right to all the cash flow. So we've got to buy all the stock. That's the share price times the shares outstanding. We have to buy back the debt, otherwise we owe somebody interest, so let's buy that back. But we get to use our cash to pay for some of that, so we net that out. So basically, you take market value of equity plus the debt minus cash. Minus cash. And these days, actually, it makes sense to go see what the market value of the debt is because it can sometimes be very different than the book fair value. Fair. But years ago, it was the same. So that's your enterprise value. If you take your earnings before interest and taxes, or what we call EBIT, divided by that enterprise value, that's a yield. So in this magic screen, <clears throat> all the yields of the 2,000 largest companies were calculated in about two seconds while I was opening that wine. So again, not that tedious for me, the right. user. And so, uh, and then we ranked them, one through 2,000 on that. Then you look at return on capital. Again, this is so simple. It's just that same earnings number that we just used for the yield. Um, and we basically take uh, working capital. I'm sorry, that's going to be the return. That's the earnings. We use the same earnings in the return calculation. The capital calculation is all, it looks just on the asset side. So we're not going to think about how you're funding this. That's independent of that. You might have a good deal at the bank or you may not. You may use cash out of your pocket, what have you. We're not going to worry about that. So it's just the net property, plant, and equipment that you need to run the business plus the working capital, which is going to be, and my guess is it doesn't say that, it's probably net working capital. So it's how much we have to put into the inventory, the receivables, any cash we might need to have around to pay for things week to week. And then against that, you're going to net out any short-term payables. So accrued or, you know, th things you owe people, basically, your vendors, your employees, and things like that. If you add working capital to net property, you get capital. That earnings number we already talked about divided by that capital is your return on capital. And then you just rank that, 1 to 1,000, 2,000. You average them and then you simply rank the companies. And you get, we pick the top 100. And you know, out of 2,000 names, explain this to me. Two of the top three are public for-profit education companies. Yeah. ITT, which I think we talked about a week or two weeks ago, and um, Bridgeport Education. So any, any clue why out of 2,000 names ranked this way, two companies in exactly the same industry ranked what do they rank? They yeah. rank one and three. Yeah. Uh, you know, Mo, I'm glad you brought that up. This is why you're still going to need people as analysts, and the computer can't take over. The thing about computers is they don't know the future, and they don't read 
the Washington briefs. They just don't know. Not yet. Not yet. They, I mean, that's coming. Thankfully, we live in an age before computers can read and interpret and conclude things faster and better than we do. Well, obviously, it's coming. But in these education guys, what's happened, it's been in the news. I don't know if we have talked about it, but, you know, they're under siege a little bit because the students that come out of these programs, and it's exacerbated by a very difficult economy, but when the economy gets bad, people that might have worked, they instead go to school, and then when they get out, they don't have jobs. I mean, it's not hard to imagine. And the government it. thinks that the graduation yeah. rate is too low. Too low, and importantly... Well, I mean, I graduated from a school where there was only a 2% employment rate with, uh, after we graduated. 2% unemployment, right? 2% employment. Employment, oh. and... Well, know. that was for the summer, probably. And uh, the government fall. never said anything. Yeah. Those well, were the days. That's when college was cheap, though. I mean, if I did the calculation... My last semester tuition at my college, graduate school, now I was an in-state student, it was $700 divided by my starting salary, which I think was $25,000. This is 1980. That ratio today... Wait a minute. Yeah. Wayne was paying you 25000 Yeah, was, I was you? Making, I was making twenty three eighty. Were you? You're kidding well, me. Well, he told you, me not to that mention that. Is a real number? Were you really Yeah, making? honest to God, that's my number. No yeah, I was like a hundred or two hundred a month ahead of you. Damn. Yeah, you had a much nicer office though, Mo. Did you know that? You weren't were you on that? the window? Did you side? know you were making that much more than? Was I making yeah. more than Mora? I was. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, well, anyway, we'll no. do this offline. Later. No, go back yeah, to the I mean, no, I don't know. It. You were not making the most though. Shit. You barely got hired, Mo. Yeah, you were on the low end. Hate right. to tell you that. Yeah, you know, it was my recommendation on, that brought you in. Okay. Stock. So here's the thing. These education companies are at risk because the Congress is basically saying, if it's not so much the graduation rates, frankly, I don't think the Congress or the banks care much about that. It's like, whatever. That's Joy Baha. I know. Yeah. But I think when they get upset is when the checks don't come in with the payments. And the reason they don't come in is they don't get the jobs. And guess what? Uh, Great schools have people that aren't getting jobs. So you can imagine some of these schools, like what's a history degree from DeVry University going to do? I mean, you know, they're, they don't, you know, the normal jobs that you might get aren't even in demand I because don't know. of the recession. Starbucks barista. Well, they, they're full up. Yeah, I guess. There's nobody yeah. needs that. So in any case, this screen and the weakness in all screens is you're just trying to get an inbox because it's entirely backward looking. The only thing on the screen that's forward-looking is us. Well, us, thankfully, because we're human, as far as everyone knows. Yeah. But there's a price that's multiplied by shares to get market cap. That's honestly, and if you use market value for debt, you got it as well in terms of a forward-looking view because the market provides that in price. But otherwise, everything is what happened in the past. So these education companies are at risk of having dramatically lower enrollments. It's already happening if you look at their numbers because uh, the government may not be approving the loans for the tuition, and then, of course, revenues go down. So if you look at the breakdown, those two education companies are number three and five on earnings yield. That's what gets them uh, – or I'm, let's see, is that right? Yeah, it Wait is. They're number yeah. three, and they're well. – Yeah, because the, the earnings are historical – and the price is down in anticipation. So Got that's it. the trap. Yep. And I'm a, so it. we passed over those, ladies and gentlemen. And we looked at, we had to actually look a little bit down the list here to find our first name. And that's just 
our own views on things. Right. You know, who what knows? Was, what was Amerisaurus? Right. What was this? Well, this is one? called Amerisaurus Bergen. And how far down the list was Ticker it? Ticker ABC. Uh, Amerisaurus Bergen is the 14th best company on earnings yield. Okay. But on uh, ROC rank, they're 79th. That's what hurt them. So they came out 25th overall. But, but here's what I like about it. It's, uh, you know, my first attention, my attention is drawn to the valuation. Six times EBITDA, I flip that over, 16% cash on cash yield if we bought it. What do they do? Is it risky? No. It's pharmaceutical distribution. And I don't care how much the Internet takes over, you can't email medicine through, you know, on the Internet. So they are one of the handful of big companies, Cardinal being another one, McKesson being another one that take all the shipments from all the pharma companies and then send them out to the drug, uh, the uh, hospitals and the doctor's offices and all that. And people shy away because they have such skinny margins. For example, 3% gross margin seems low in a world where people usually are used to seeing 25, 30, 40, 50. Because, because they're not thinking about a distributor. They're thinking right. about an actual pharma yeah. company. Well, yeah. or a I, retailer I makes a 50% margin, yeah. et cetera, yeah. on the gross. This has got to think of as a markup. So they bring a billion dollars worth of, and I've toured actually some of these facilities. One of the reasons I chose it, Mo, is that I used to do these groups years ago. And these facilities can move $5 billion worth of product, in part because pharma it costs a lot, but it's little bottles and little tubes, and they have it all automated. Things move on conveyors. Uh, they can tell if an order is correct by weighing it out to the you know, tenth of a gram and that sort of thing, and then it automatically goes on the truck that's going on the route to those stores. So they take a teeny markup, and that's what the gross margin is. Okay, I'm moving $100 worth of drugs through my store, I'm charging you three bucks for that. Well, you know, but it might have been ten pounds of stuff, you know. But you know, when you look at that, it, the first thing I noticed was that it, it did seem low until I realized it's a different company. But look at the the margins are interesting because the uh, uh, first three years on this table margins were one point three, one point three, one point three. Great. So that they they seem flat, but in the last couple of years they've gone one point four, one point five, one point seven. Yeah. So interesting. The 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 margins are actually expanding now, whether they've plateaued or not. But So that's a fundamental positive. Well, what happens with these guys is they put a big new distribution center up. It's almost entirely fixed cost. These things run yeah. with two guys. Right. And as they fill it up, their margins go up because their marginal return is, you know, 100%. And so one way to think about it is it's a service company. So when you see a gross margin of 3%, and an EBITDA margin of 1.7%, mm -hmm. here's how I'd put it to you. Our fee for moving your stuff mm -hmm. is 100, right? Mm -hmm. And we just earned, uh, you know, seven, well, let's put it this way. I'll make it easier. The stuff we move through your, sto your store is worth 100, and uh, I'm sorry, we're going to charge you three bucks for moving that stuff, and we make a buck seventy. So in effect, the margin, what I'm trying to say is the margin on our fee for service is just north of 50 percent. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm, no, fair uh, enough. I'm trying to, if you, if you put this as a service fee, these are enormous margins. And you see it on the, you don't see it so much on the return on assets line. So here's another thing to think about. You see a four or five percent return on assets, and you go, well, gee, that's not very good. But what if I don't want any competitors? I price myself low enough. I keep my returns low enough so the pharma companies aren't mad. They're not going to switch. Right. Or I do it in-house yeah, or anything I like can't, that. Right. They can't do it in-house. 
And because my numbers are so stable, I can leverage up a little bit. These guys are 47% debt to capital. They, the asset to equity number is five. So that's a true measure of my leverage. I'm earning a 4% return on assets or 5%, which doesn't upset the drug company because that seems low to them. But because of the stability, I can go to the bond market and have pretty good, you know, I don't see the bond rating here, but the numbers are so stable that I can lever that five times and my return on equity is 24%. So that's pretty good. You're paying six times EBITDA. And uh, I'm a fan of this. You got the stable growth, et cetera. So. You know, you've you got a you got a yield too. Oh, you do? I didn't even you know one one point four dividend yield. So you your degree is in finance, right? Yes, as far All as right. as far as I know. I want to do a little test with you, please. Do want to see just how well you did in school? Okay. I'm going to read you one, two, three, four, five, six. I'm going to read you seven years of their dividends. Don't look. I want to look ahead. I know you can't. I'm going to read you the last seven years of their dividend. Timed, is this a timed thing? And I'm going to ask you to guess <laughs> next year's dividend. You ready? I'm going to tell you. All 2006. Right. I'm not prepared. Went from five cents okay. to 10. Yeah. To 15. Gotcha. To 20. Okay. To 30. Wait. 20 to 30? Okay. 20 to 30. Gotcha. 40. Okay. 50. What's next this, year? Is this the Fibonacci series? What is ne what's uh, next year's say, dividend? I'm going to guess 60. I'm just going to throw it out there. You're wrong. What is it, 65? No, it's uh, 60. I don't know if it's 60. It could be oh, 60. Oh, we don't know. But, okay. But, so uh, great trend in dividend, easy to forecast. We like these kind of companies. And you could the, the, the work, the, the master's work, nothing. Yeah, no, it's very I mean, evident learned, in your forecast. I mean, those are some, those are, that's third semester. But, you caught that little yeah. five increment going at yeah. 10? Like you got to pick that up, you know. Well, anyway, so okay. I think you got a nice, uh, nice dividend growth. That's interesting. And uh, who's our huh. next? Who's our next candidate? Okay. Uh, let's see. We've got... Um, Joy. We've got Joy Global. Now, wait a minute. Ticker J-O-Y, Joy. It's a coal company? No. Well, they service the coal industry. And so, their yeah. ticker symbol is Joy. Yeah. Yep. They should uh, sell the ticker symbol to a sex toy company, book the one-time gain, and do a yeah. special dividend to shareholders. Just sell off the ticker. J-O-Y. Why not? Wait a minute. Why not sell it to Disney? We could friend? sell it to Disney. Yeah, that's a more wholesome thought here on the value, ah, guys. Better idea. Yeah. The Catholic Church. Yes. They've got money. Yes. Well, I got some money left over, but yeah. Yeah. yeah that's what we sell it to. It so certainly has a better use. We than buy this the ticker guy. for ourselves. Okay. I'm Warehouse gonna... it. Let them p choose another ticker. They still book the one time. Bide our time, if you will. We sit on top of it. Yeah. We put feelers out. Who want? Yeah. What do you think we can buy it for? You've got some guys in the ticker business, don't you? Yeah, yeah. we do have yeah. in the ticker business. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, they're still holding out M. They're still, they keep trying to lure Microsoft over to uh, the NYSE with the M. Well, anyway, it's working. So about far. the stock. So the, right. the, I've lost my train of you've thought. You've got well. The thing okay, is, here's the it's a hidden asset. The, the ticker. The yeah, ticker absolutely. is a hidden asset. That's well, right. it might be worth a couple of million bucks. Throw that in yep. on top of their seven billion dollar uh, enterprise value. It's a, it's a little a little sprinkle there on the top. So here's the thing about Joy. I'm sorry to say that, you know, I've been enjoying the pleasure of owning some coal stocks because we're long-term investors, and, uh, you know, coal is the cheapest way to make electricity. You know, if you want to bring the 20th or, or, you know, ideally the 21st, but if you just even want to bring the 20th century to some of these places that are just now having enough money to, you know, have enough food to eat, 
solar and wind and things like this, you know, the, the, the rural India, rural China, you know, they can't afford the luxury of, of being good to the planet right now. Uh, you know, we cleared all our forests a couple hundred years ago and burned all the wood. And, and so you got to give these other countries a chance to kind of build up before you impose those sorts of, you know, higher Maslow's needs upon them, in my opinion. And so coal's the way to go. So we've owned some coal around here. Unfortunately, uh, you know, coal, now the government regulation has turned a little bit against them and, you know, the EPA hates coal and all that. That's fine. I mean, we've been living with that. And we knew that. The surprise was all this gas, the shale gas, is driving these gas prices down to $2 per thousand square feet. And, you know, a few years ago it was eight. And it's, it's now, if you do this simple calculation that the energy industry uses, if you take six times the price of gas, so six times two is 12, that's the price of the barrel equivalent of, of oil in, in terms of energy value. So oil's at 80, the energy equivalent in gas costs 12 bucks. The, problem is you can only use gas where the pipes go, so it's not an international commodity and all that, but it's killed the hell out of coal prices in the U.S., so coal is way down, and so, and it may be down for a while. In fact, these coal companies now might not make much money, but they're just going to keep making coal. That's all they know how to do, so even if they're just covering their fixed costs and even lose a little money, you know they're just going to keep making the coal or mining it. So I don't know if I want to be a party to that. I'm thinking about my uh, ownership in coal right now. But the thing that you can own that's going to run through all this period is Joy Global because they make all the equipment that mines the coal. So if the coal companies run just to break even or lose a little bit to cover their cash costs, they're going to be buying stuff from Joy Global. These guys are the world leader in giant and I mean giant size, you know, like the size of 10 normal trucks that you might see on the road. Dump trucks, bulldozers, and they have all this stuff in Australia as well as other places, and they sell it into China. So I believe, and it doesn't say here, but I believe more than half their business is outside the United States. China's by far the biggest producer of coal. By far, Joy's the biggest provider of their equipment. And this thing is right now, because of the weakness in coal, it's babies out with the bathwater. Enterprise value to EBIT is six times. That's a 16% cash on cash, the way I might look at it. Gross margins here are amazingly stable at 34%, 32%. EBIT margin in the 20s consistently in the last few years. Uh, sales just go up. The recession just caused sales to be flat for one year. Return on assets is in the teens consistently. It's come down a little bit here to 13. And with a little bit of debt, because of the stability of the top line, uh, the uh, leverage ratio here I talked about, assets to equity, is approaching, you know, two and a half times. They're putting up a 30% return on equity, and they've been doing that for every year on this page, which is seven years. You pay six times EBITDA for that. I know these coal companies are going to just keep running. They have no choice. Now, they might cut some capacity, but you've got maintenance here as well for equipment that's already out there. So half their business, and it doesn't say it, is probably maintenance. So it's an annuity in some fashion, and I think it's uh, a great deal at six times, Mo. That's uh, 
Joy you know, Global. You know, there's always a story on these companies, and um, the story is often reflected, or at least something you want to look at when it comes to the stock price. So the stock was down 14% in 2011 and 25% in 2012. So here's a question to the analysts, and there are 17 of them that follow this company. Why is it off? We know that fracking is going to flood uh, the country with cheap energy. Is it the real deal, or is it a knee-jerk reaction? Are the coal companies going to say, we're priced out of the market, we're no longer, we've, no, we've got no capital spending, we're not buying trucks? Well, one thing to remember is the United States um, is not the leader in coal. I was looking at these stats the other day. China make, I think, is about four times the production of the United States in coal. Even with that, to meet demand, they're importing coal from the United States. And this has just happened. In the, Ten years ago, they imported zero. Last year, 10% of U.S. production went to China. So my point would be, the United States doesn't want coal. We're a rich country per capita, the richest except for Switzerland and Sweden and Norway and little countries that could fit over here down, you know, in a couple of buildings. And so we have the luxury of being able to say, you know what, we're feeling pretty good. Let's get all the frickin' pollution out of here. And hands off to us, we've earned that. But China hasn't. So they're going to just keep using coal. coal. And I think it is, a, it is a little bit of a knee-jerk reaction in terms of pushing the numbers as to what the rest of the world uh, is going to use. We're a, lot, we're a lot of times we're a little bit egocentric here in mm -hmm. America. We don't look outside. You know that poster that shows kind of the world ends at the Hudson River and all that? Right. I think there's a little bit of that sometimes with these things. And uh, China is vastly bigger than us in coal, and India is approaching that. So that's my thesis on these is that they're going to need coal. They're going to need Joy Global. Great. Are we moving on? We're moving on. Um, okay, Love what, these what, guys. What do we have? Lorillard. Ticker Lorillard. symbol is okay. L-O when it's a... Now, this is a very controversial name, Mo. A, it's a $120 stock. Well, it's a, it's a tobacco. You know, they, uh, they sell cigarettes. 5%, 5.2% yield. Well... I love that, so I'm not going to lie to you. That's why, you know, I'm attracted to it. Uh, and also the fact that cigarettes are an addictive drug. Until they just outright and make them illegal, you have such a core base that it's kind of like uh, Hollywood and the Liberal Party, you know what I mean? It's just that is never going anywhere. Right. And so uh, I think that, you got to think about that yield as being pretty secure. I, well, I, let me ask you a question. You, we, we did this little test with you before. Will you? This is part of the show we call Forecast the Dividend. So let me read you the past dividends, and you're going to guess next year's. Ready? It's a new, a new segment? A new segment. <laughs> okay. Because this way readers have, can see how sophisticated the forecasting process is. Guess tick -tock, tick -tock, the tick -tock, estimate. Tick -tock, tick -tock. Or, I'm sorry. No, wait, wait. Guess... The dividend. dividend. Okay. So Excellent. starting in 2009, yeah. I'm going to tell you. All right. Three dollars, four dollars, five dollars, six dollars. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Next year, Val. Next year. Uh, oh. Three, four, five. Seven dollars. You got it. Seven dollars. This is so tense. Well, now you've seen. Now everyone's seen real, real hard hitting 
After hours analysis. Head banging <laughs> on the computer screen analysis. Forecasting dividend. Forecasting oh, dividend. I'm winded now. I'm, uh, I got to. This takes, this takes an advanced degree, folks. Don't try to do this in your own homes. Only leave you this, could have made that happen. Mom. Leave this to the professionals. So now you've got a dividend forecast. Let's talk about smoking. <coughs> sure. Sure, Mo. <laughs> what do you want to talk about? Well, I love the dividend. Let's just leave it at that. All right. Listen, I was a smoker. Were you a smoker? We both were. I got out of it many years ago, thank God. But it's an addictive habit. But you just, if you are a smoker, listen, I want you to quit right now. This idea is mainly based on the Chinese and Indian smokers who I don't know as well. And we don't really care about, well, so they, you know. they're happy. Yeah. I want them to be happy. Right. You know, there's such a high correlation with countries getting a few bucks per capita, and then you start buying things that make you happy. And cigarettes, you know, we, we were addicted smokers. They make you happy. Until your government makes them illegal or your wife makes you quit, you keep smoking. Yeah. And in China, I don't think the women have that kind of power. So, But the government does. That's right. So that is the risk to it, absolutely. But, you know, look at this. They put up a 60% gross margin. So imagine that. They take paper and some plants they grow in the back. Roll it and together. And they make an enormous amount on that. Amazing. Well, they're doing that in those... Uh... <laughs> In California right now, uh, it's a third of the budget out well, there. Well, that's off balance sheet, isn't oh, it? Yeah, no yes. kidding. No, that's a, I mean, when those come, that's another, you know, that's a call option you have with some of these cigarette companies just on the side is, and we don't have that information in front of us, but if, um, you know, if marijuana becomes legal, They're the, gonna the distribution the is going to come through these companies because they already have it all set up. They already have all the equipment. They have everything. They probably have the brand name. So if somebody wants to go out and check that, I mean, you know, whatever the brands are you'd want. Imagine that, though, filtered pot. Well, or non-filtered, but just the distribution and the equipment, the rolling right, equipment, right, putting out millions of these things a day. So I And think, the advertising, the marijuana man, guy on a well, horse, you know, out on, the, out on the range. I, whatever, whatever they do, you know, surfing or whatever, yeah, cool. whatever. But, I mean, I think that they may own some of the brands that you'd want in that business. Right. So that's something to look at. But meantime, you got the 5% yield, you got... 35% returns on assets. My God, they don't even bother to have any debt, you know, uh, it looks like, or maybe they do. I can't, do they have debt? They it do says, not. They just, got, they just looks paid like, it off yeah. for some, someone. Yeah. So uh, pretty interesting name, you know. So here's a question for you. Take a look at these EBITDA margins. This is a company that, that has had EBITDA margins in the 50s and 60s, but look at what happened in 2012. Yeah. Oops. Well, you know what I think that could be, and I don't know this, but you do have that thing where the government can just come in or a state and just raise your taxes, taxes. when That's you need the California. money. Yeah. And then I think the cigarette company, in some of these cases, they know if they raise the price, people, you know, won't buy it, so they just absorb the tax. They just take the hit. I well, think it is. A, you know, you look at that and you just say, wow, the, the, the margins have been in the, the very high 50s, low 60s for as far back as 2006, uh, last year was 50%, the way it was the year before, and all of a sudden, boom, we're at 39. Ooh, ouch. But yeah. anyway, yeah. are you going to save Spain? Well, I just brought this out. This wasn't really – I just was looking at this today because, uh, uh, you know, let's face it. The market had a bad day. We, we, were, we did terribly today. Uh, of course, the Russell – 
2,000 value as our benchmark, and it was down part of the day, and then it recovered, and for some reason our portfolio never recovered. But, you know, we're geared toward growth and a good economy, and I think if we get some good policies that, you know, get some things going, we're going to be in fine shape. But um, one of the big problems, of course, is the fear of what's happening in, in Europe. Is it a black hole, Mo? I mean, the market is being affected now every day by the probabilities of a of, Grexit, of, of a Grexit, a Spexit, a right. Portsxit, and a Frenchxit. A bank yeah. jog. The bank jogs become bank runs. Well, it's just every day. And so I was uh, paging through The Economist today, uh, and uh, this is from their June 2nd issue, and the headline is, how to save Spain. And my God, Mo, you know what hit me? It's this is a job for, for the, the value, value guys. guys. And you know and you know why Absolutely. it's a job for the value guys? I didn't know Val. that right away, no. But I knew it was a job. I knew the minute you handed me the article because... What? It's only three pages long. The front page, three quarters Mainly of it a is picture. a picture. Right. And it's in Arial 27 font. And it's only it's only actually... Four paragraphs, single space. If we can't solve this, no one can. Exactly. So okay. that's what's so you great can about the economist. Basically, throw the first page away. You know, it's, it's just, just a picture. The maybe. president probably gets okay. things like this. You know, small, small little uh, index cards that say, "What yeah. to do with Greece? Kick them out. What to yeah. do with this? You got so right. much to." You, you, well, let's help them out. Let's you give them boil a, it down. Yeah. This is great. So I'm just skipping the first page. Uh, evidently, the main point here is that the. Yield on the bonds is 6.6%. They can't afford that. We need music. We need a music yeah. in the background yeah. where we say, desperate spiral of deepening recession, drowning banks Whoa. and soaring borrowing costs. Wow. I see a screenplay. How yeah. to save Spain. The I don't movie. know there was a comma in that last phrase, though. No? You have to rework that. Soaring borrowing, borrowing costs. Borrowing costs. Yes. Yeah. Who can play? This guy, that's a Tom Hanks role, looks to me. Yeah. All right, well, anyway, let's get on. into page. Uh, so here's the thing. Evidently, and this is affecting my portfolio, otherwise I wouldn't be talking about it. I'm mad at Spain, frankly. It says here, time to solve Spain's debt crisis is running out. Spain, do you hear me? Your time is running out. And evidently, uh, the problem is one of misdiagnosis, Mo. They're so, not dying of terminal cancer. No. They simply have pneumonia. They had a budget deficit last year of 9% of GDP, which would mean they were, I think our budget deficit wasn't far behind. It was 5% or so. So what's evidently scaring everybody in Spain and scaring the economist is no problem here in America. But that's the problem, 9% of GDP. And they now owe $1.25 trillion, 90% of GDP. Whereas the debt in America is, I think, uh, one point, it's 10% higher than GDP. So again, they're scared out of their wits about Spain, but no problem here in America with the same stats. And they call it private debt, public pain. Yeah. Well, why not reverse that? I think I think uh, private uh, debt, public pain, that that. Are you still on page two? I'm right here. Oh, I'm okay. looking at this headline, yeah. private debt, public pain. Well, let's bring some solutions now, Mo. What can we do? I mean, we had a lot of hoopla there about job for the value guys and all. Look, what? look. if Morgan Stanley can take yeah. that dog Facebook public, we can take this thing public. Take Spain public? Take Spain public. Sell a piece. Yeah. The coast. 
Whatever we get. I mean, that's their highest value. Well, if we didn't want to sell it as an equity, we could sell it in tranches by coast. But that's what we do. We securitize Spain. Just an. Malaga's a nice spot. Yeah. Own a piece. Down there. So maybe that's what we do. We should send the bankers over. They're probably on the way. We know well, 500 of them that aren't working. You could call and ask if they want to do Well, here's what I'm concerned about. Us. It says here that Spain's government might be able to cover its own costs. Might. We'd need some clauses in there that if they can't, they don't come after us. You know how strong is a word "might"? I don't know uh, legally versus, what it means. As versus, versus like a possibly could or could or right. may. Yeah, may. Might or may. I prefer is may. Is there a difference? They uh, may or they might. We're going to have to get the lawyers. I mean, now Spain might put a hundred billion into it, or they may put a hundred. They may. They could oh, put a hundred. Oh, they could maybe. I could. So I think the problem is really moving along here in terms of solution now. If again, this is we're just quoting the Economist. But we're trying to add our own help. You know, we we do this kind of thing. Now, evidently, uh, the eurozone might or may actually may inject some funds into or, or, Spain, or it might they could invest. Though. Some they funds. might they could they could. So I don't know. So evidently, the big issue is is Spain going to get some money either from the eurozone? or from their own government, but clearly their own government doesn't have the money to do that. So uh, you've got it. The value guys, uh, solution, we will privatize the coasts of Spain. Sell it off in tranches. Yeah, and have Disney come develop the properties, right? right? Worked in Ireland for a while. Yeah. All right. So, uh, okay, well, this is the part of the show where we do uh, paging through national economic trends and... As usual, we actually haven't paged through them yet. So we're going to pause here. This is actually called spontaneously paging through economic trends. You want to do that on the fly? Spontaneous, yeah. You don't want to pause it? No. All right. We'll raise. This is unprecedented. It's like Iron Chef. I can't. There's no practicing beforehand. There's no practicing. This is is it. This is like uh, some of our pitches. That's right. It's like. You've got a pitch in 15 minutes. Can you do it? Yeah. <laughs> Let's go. Plan A or speech All C. Right. All right. Page. Ooh, yeah, wow. Yeah. I've got one right on page one, Mo. Now, this is the uh, National Economic Trends. I've been pitching this on the show for years. The June 2012 edition from the Federal Reserve Bank of St. Louis. It's free. Just punch that into Google. It's everything you want to know about the economy. Uh, and maybe more more than that. Now, on page three, I'm seeing that you know there's a lot of concern about the economy right now. But the most current number in industrial production, and wow, this is just jumping off the page to me because this issue is current through uh, today. That's the amazing thing about uh, their site; they update this daily, and you get the current one. Industrial production uh, is up at the highest rate since the last month of 2010. So industrial production percent change year over year, which is, uh, you know, a monthly type of number, 1%. I know that doesn't sound like a lot, but it's the highest monthly number since 2010, and the market's going down, but, you know, industrial production's at the core of everything. So that's an outlier number. You see that, Mo? I do. That's pretty cool. One of the things that uh, the market was really worried about last week was the uh, the unemployment rate. And if you if you look at the graph of the unemployment rate, 
you'll Ooh. see that it is ticked up noticeably in the last reporting period. That's the biggest uptick in at least a year. Yep. But here's what's interesting. <clears throat> if you go back to 2009, unemployment was, the rate was falling, and in the end of the year, the second half of the year, it did a pretty sharp tick up. That was 2009. In 2010, employment continued to trend a little lower, but in the toward the end of the year, it ticked up. Yeah. And then in yep. 2011, last year, it trended way down and established way deeper bottom, and then it kind of ticked up a little bit at the end of the year. Yeah. And then, boom, we had this huge fall off in unemployment from about 9% to 8%. Yeah, that's, ama that's a strong year. As we move year. to the end of the year. So there seems to be end of the year employment unemployment rate kind of goes up a bit. Well, that's when you let people go, right? Then, I mean, doesn't I guess, that make sense? And then, and then it plummets again. So if this is a head fake like the last three, we may see a little bit of another uptick in a quarter or two of unemployment, but then we may be poised for a big decline in the I think that's a good thought, Mo, because that's the time of the year you let people go, just naturally. Look at those guys from Goldman. And uh, and then they, you know, they they only get on this page when they file some government form. That takes you a while because right. you're going to go drinking for a while. Right. So that's an interesting thought, Mo. Okay, well, I'm just paging through. Um, real gross domestic product, it was coming down. It's still sort of flicking up, you know, a little bit. So I like that. Still moving higher. Private inventories are moving higher. That's a very positive sign. Uh, GDP, it's hanging in there. I mean, these are backward looking, but, you know, that's pretty good. Uh, no. Are you looking for something special? Well, I'm Mo? noticing that, that uh, weekly private non-farm hours have been uh, leveling off, but we said last week that we really don't, really there's no analysis of actual farm hours. It's always non-farm hours, non-farm employees. Yeah. Did you get any mail on that? I know not, you're a big advocate for getting some farm-based statistics back into this document. not there. Not yet. happening? Not okay. Uh, I'm on page, are you on page six? Look at I, this. I'm, oh, I, did I not get that page? Page six. Let's see. Oh yeah. I love these because uh, this yeah. is the this is the chart we need to put the 3D glasses on and it pops I like out this at a you. Lot. Yeah. Is that what it is? Well, if you look carefully, you see a sailboat actually with the shadings. Dude. Yeah. You're right. I know it's funny. No man, that's your finger on the oh. graph. Oh, that's. A... <laughs> anyway, I love what what is this? So are you going to go through this? I don't even know what it is. Well, I'm this is a breakdown of GDP. I talked about this a few weeks and ago. And it's done a three-dimensional three dimensional no. plane. Final sales for the first quarter, because this is a quarterly thing, so we're not going to get a new one for a little while. First quarter final sales were up 1.65%, which was last year they were flat, so it was a nice big uptick. And all the other GDP components here, there's 10 of them, and you've got to look at each one for its impact. But the, let me just summarize. The good ones are going up, and the ones you don't care about were going down. So I thought that was a good thing. Um, I don't know if this paging through in real time is working out. Do you how, about re how about the Treasury yield curve? Where are you? I'm on page 7, the yield curve. Jeez. Oh, the yield curve. Yeah. Yep. So it's you unbelievable. Take, you take a look, and you can go buy a 10-year bond at only a little bit over 3%. Think about what that means for buying a dividend stock. Where, well, where are you? That's no, that's see, that's last year. Oh, this is this year. Where are you up? Sorry, right, sorry, this sorry. is we're what's happening. Yep, yeah, we're even lower. Right. We're one and a half percent. Yeah. Um, think about buying a dividend stock where if you get inflation, you got a little bit of a hedge. And uh, if you're looking for yield, whew, 
What does that tell you about the risk-free rate? Well, it's uh, it's 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 probably negative because the first uh, this is the first time in my career where we know the inflation rate is higher than the uh, Treasury uh, yield, and it's and it's quite likely to be. The times I remember having a negative real return were when you were getting 6% on the bond and then inflation turned out to be 7% or something, but you didn't expect it to be that. But right now, if inflation is where it's been on average for the last, I, I don't have the data here, but let me just say 50 years, uh, so 2%, I think inflation's been greater than 2% in almost every year. I mean, I don't have the data. Again, but go look it up. There's probably a handful of years so you're buying a treasury now with the knowledge that you're going to have a negative real return. You're, you're willing to pay people to keep your money safe. That's uh, interesting. So uh, producer price index, I'll mention. Here's a shout-out to the producer price index. Plummeting in the most recent period, which, again, is contrary to the thesis I just had that inflation is always 2%. Although, look where it plummeted, too. Two percent. Two percent, right? So, yeah. Should we have music for this paging through thing, Mo? I don't know. It's Maybe you could try singing the next announcement. I don't know. We used to do that. that would, when we. I don't know if that would keep anyone tuned. A few tuned shows in. ago. Uh, I don't know. Maybe we should let people go. I feel bad. Are we serving a lunch or something? We're serving yeah, lunch. These people <laughs> hanging around. All right, and that's the end. Uh, is that the end? You must have list. jumped ahead. Okay. So, um, big finish. Big finish. Uh, stay tuned. Watch for our, uh, our uh, some of our uh, Spanish ideas. Our uh... what were that Italian segments coming up right after this? I do have an important announcement. Yes. I want to say, um, due to the uh, terrific work of uh, people I've never met, uh, namely Carrie Lutz and the Financial Survival Network, they are bringing the value guys to a new level in the blogosphere. Does anyone even say that anymore? But he, uh, they're working on a blog for us that's going to, I think, take the news from the sources that we tend to use and look through that news for some of the stories on some of the stocks we talk about here on the show. And it'll be free, of course. But right now, if you go to our homepage, it's just a bunch of stuff I wrote about six years ago that's just sheer nonsense, other than those links I talked about. And it's soon going to have... Uh, actual news, links to stories on the stocks we talk about, all kinds of stuff like that, and actually a very cool new kind of logo banner thing that a guy named Stefan is uh, working on for us. Well, you know, I got I to gotta tell you, I love the idea um, that you guys came up with that we do a tweet, so we keep, you know, keeping people informed with tweets, and we should do those at least... You know, every 20 minutes and yeah, 20 to, during the day. Or 10 um, on a busy day. And, uh, you know, the reality TV show that he's working on, I yeah. think that's going to be great. Well, your mom is fabulous. She's going to be with, on there. Live with the value yeah, guys. Live with to the see value how guys. we what we eat for breakfast. That's mainly on your house, though. Well, it's going to be your yeah. place, too. That's so. what they're saying. So stay so tuned. for that, yeah. yeah. www.thevalueguys.com is soon going to have a new look. I have no idea when, but... Thanks for listening, everybody. This has, again, been the uh, Value Guys Stock Talk Show. And uh, see all our caveats, past shows, pictures our moms took at www.thevalueguys.com. So long, everybody. Have a good week.